4: Hey, guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is my you receive 125% sign-up bonus by using bonus Code. SST-125. That's SST-125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The racebooks has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with Integrity and longevity. Like I did. Bet US. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet US.
3: In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now, more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver
5: Show on Southern Sports Today. Hour two on Thursday. And we're going to talk college football just like we did Hour 1. Thank you, Connor O'Gara. Saturday down south, he came on and talked about college football with us, specifically the SEC, and what this weekend slate is not. This weekend slate is not <laughs> probably going to jazz you very much. And, you know, there, there there is an analogy I can make with another sport. Did you see uh, Major League Baseball? They've announced their Cy Young Award winners. Um so, Corbin Burns in the National League, correct. Pitched 167 innings this year. It's full season, 167 innings. Now, there's no excuse for that. Best pitcher in the league. He's a starting pitcher in 167 innings. So, if you get 30 starts, I mean, start doing the math, folks. He ain't out there very much. I can't excuse that, but I can, quote, mitigate it a little or at least explain it in that um, for everyone, I can say – this guy had 18 complete games and 275 innings for every single guy. Most of those are Hall of Famers, but they're also third and fourth starters. Back in like 60s and 70s, you know, fourth starter with 10 complete games. Different time, though. And the mitigating fact is that Major League hitters never worked to count the way they do now. I mean, it is grinding sawdust out of that bat at home plate now and every scientific advantage possible. So almost every pitch a guy throws is an extremely high-leverage pitch. Almost every one. It wasn't that way, so you could pitch more. Now, 167 innings, uh, it's ridiculous. But that's an extreme, but you understand the trend, or at least you should. I was talking about the greatest teams in history in college football. And you can go back and, and and look up whoever you think and go look at national champions, just random national champions from the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. For the most part, there weren't cupcakes on those schedules. And there were actually more play- – like Wichita State played football. Tampa played football. There are a lot of places that played football, like real – Football against Alabama, for instance, that don't have a program anymore. So there were plenty of opportunities to sc- schedule those teams. But for the most part, it was good against good. And there was no linebacker who looked like a guard. You remember guy, Jeremiah Trotter? Dan, look up his dimensions. I bet Jeremiah Trotter was 260 pounds if he was an ounce. LaVon Kirkland. And tell me Levon Kirkland as well. LaVon Kirkland was probably 260. I don't know what they may be listed as, but there were if there were players the side Levon Kirkland went to Clemson and I bet he played linebacker in the NFL about 260. He would have been a defensive, ta- defensive tackle. In the NFL, probably 25 years earlier. What do you got, Dan?
0: All right. So, from the very reliable source called Wikipedia, it has six one two sixty two for Trotter. <laughs> for Kirkland, it has six one two seventy five. Fine, two
5: seventy five. And Levon Kirkland played what position? Linebacker. Linebacker. He. W- I said defensive tackle. Go. You can. You can YouTube your computer. And I saw this several years ago. I was watching ESPN Classic. Do you know ESPN Classic's leaving? At the end of this year, there's no more ESPN Classic. I I saw that, and
0: I was like, it's still around?
5: So I was watching the 1980, I guess the 81 Sugar Bowl, the Georgia-Notre Dame Sugar Bowl. And it was Keith Jackson and Coach Broyles. And at the outset, when Notre Dame's coming out of the huddle for their first play, there was a huddle. It's where all the players get together, and they talk for a few seconds. And then they kind of walk up to the line of scrimmage. So they broke – that's what a huddle is. So they broke that and walked to the line of scrimmage. And as they were walking to the line of scrimmage, Coach Broyles says, and, of course, the big advantage, the massive offensive line for Notre Dame, quote, they averaged 260. Levon Kirkland, by the way, they had John Scully, who was an All-American, I think, center. This guy's like 260-pound. LeVon Kirkland's 275, run around playing a linebacker. So it's a little different venture in 2021 when you've got a 275-pound guy who runs like the 225-pound guys used to. That's what the game has become. Huge, much stronger individuals colliding at much faster speeds Have we looked at the world record times in the 100, the 200, the 400, the mile, the whatever else? Have we looked at those? They tend to go down. Dan, do they go like they never go up, right? No, they keep going down because people keep getting faster. Strength records keep going up. So you have way bigger, faster people running into each other. And so if you, uh, they didn't used to do this. They were tougher. Sure. Yes, they were tougher because none of them had to run into Levon Kirkland. So Levon Kirkland may change his opinion about some of this. So that's why this coming weekend, don't even care at all about it. So, uh, all right, uh, as far as criticizing conferences about cupcakes and layup games, we're going to break, come back, talk college football next.
3: Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today.
5: Clemson hosts Wake Forest on Saturday, and this game could tell the tale uh, and and let Wake Forest uh, of those two teams clinch Saturday. But uh, Clemson could actually stay in this as well. They get a home win Saturday and then Wake Forest loses to BC. And as I said, the really unexpected thing that I've been saying this week is um, Clemson's got to get a win Saturday to gain the tiebreaker over the Demon Deacons in football. I wasn't supposed to say that, Uh, but that's what we're saying. One thing that I have been just flat out wrong about, however, and I give those kids and Venables, whatever he's doing over there, um, I said that the defense, at some point, the the dam was going to break, and that has not happened yet. Um, when you give up three – or excuse me, you give up 10 to Georgia, and it was really three, and you give up 24 to Louisville, well, your defense is getting better. But what was supposed to have happened by now, especially against a team like Louisville that can kind of score, you were supposed to have had the defense get so flat worn. Like Clemson's out of running backs, certainly like they were for part of the season. Their quarterback is not operating very competently. He's like, the offense is not good. The defense is supposed to get worn down, and just at some point, injuries and opt and whatever else, and then boom, somebody hangs 40, and that has not happened yet. Uh, so credit to them. I want to welcome on right now a guy that we always love talking to Clemson football with. Uh, from the Clemson Insider, it is Will VanderVoor.
1: Will, brother, how you doing today? I'm doing good, and I can go ahead before we get started and tell you, Wake will not add 40 to this defense either. now
5: there is a there and i don't know there i say there you know hey there's a there's a georgia fan a clemson fan i'm just kind of saying that there literally may be like a wake forest fan listening right now who just perked up and said no wait a minute sam hartman our guy's good uh, we can score uh that's literally Mm -hmm. where i was going to start with first of all did you have any of those thoughts when you realized how challenged the offense was going to be this year, that as deep and awesome, and when Brazil left and started seeing some
1: in, did you have that same suspicion that the dam may burst? No, because the defense is so deep and the more talented of the two units that I thought they could handle some attrition a little bit more on defense than they can on offense. I mean the main problem with offense is at wide receiver. I mean they're down to two freshman wide receivers starting this week. So the def- the defense is um the defense though was deeper and more talented all across the board than the offense was this year. So I never really got the feeling like they would give up. They would keep their. They. I always felt like they were going to keep this team in every game because of the way they play. Now they, you know, have they had some bad moments? Absolutely, because they're human. Um, but they've played, as Dabo says, they've played winning football on defense in every game this season, even against Louisville, which was their by far their worst game, Absolutely. because of Malik Cunningham. Because of Malik Cunningham, but still, when they needed them most, you know, they got to stop there at the two yard line on you know on four straight plays. Uh, to to seal that win so um, you know they they've made plays when they've had to on defense I can't say that on the other side of the ball but Chuck when you look at this game coming up this week this is a great matchup for Clemson against Wake Forest and Wake Forest knows that too (laughs) because Clemson has owned this offense of Dave Clausens. nobody else has done what Clemson's done I've broke down the stats and the numbers and it's not even close what Clemson has done against Dave Clawson's offense compared to what everybody else has done against it
5: let's talk about at least one guy who's not there um and coaches don't do this they're always like too much to worry about can't talk about who's not here um let's talk about Brzee and his injury and just what the thought is now as he's now probably I guess it's maybe a month out isn't he
1: uh brian brazee of what you No, know, he's out for the season no no i'm saying he's been um, out for about a month now so what is th- yeah um yeah he got out almost two months now he is the oh, wow. NC state okay. game is where he tore his acl yeah so he's been almost two months now um about probably six weeks and uh, they they've done well um considering i mean you thought when they lost him now what they didn't realize was they were going to get tyler davis back as fast as they yeah. got him they thought they wouldn't get him back maybe till like this week. Um, turns out they're going to get they, they got him back almost three or four weeks ago, and that's been a big help up front for their defensive line. Um, and then Rook overthrow row he's done a great job filling in for Brian Brzee. Uh Trey Williams, uh, the guy's been banged up all year, but he continues to come out there and play and and, and play well when he's in there um, and provide some depth. And so they've had a couple other guys step up as well. Again, they're deep on the defensive line. We knew that going into the season. That's an area where if they had some injuries, they could afford to do have an injury or two and and be able to survive it. Um... You know, but the big key for them was getting Tyler Davis back. They've just yep. been uh, completely different stopping the run with Tyler Davis in there,
5: and he's the grown man over there as well. Um, and I almost want to yeah, I was about I want to ask you about Peyton Page, and I was going to say, you know what, he's just a freshman. I can't ask about, it. but there's freshmen and sophomores all over this too deep now. Uh, is there a thought that uh, like there is a role for him because he's got a different look to him than anybody else on that in that group right now?
1: Yeah, he's, he's a big played him. in some. Yeah, he's a big guy. He takes up a lot of space. He's played uh, played in some key moments in, in a lot of games here the last few weeks. Um, you know, uh, they were hoping to maybe put a red shirt on him. Um, but obviously, you know, with the situations can, they've had yeah. to play him with Um But, yeah, he's uh, he's made some freshman mistakes when he's in there. But at the same time, he's made some good plays too. It shows how good he can be. And um, he's a guy that, that's been able to come in and, and step in and play well. When he's in there, um, they, he comes in maybe around the third or fourth rotation yeah. um, for him. So what he does, he's allowed them to be able to put a big body in there and not really have much of a drop-off. Um, and I think that's been the key for, for with him in there
5: miles murphy is the opposite he was a five-star everybody was saying he may play from day one um and he has now grown up into a sophomore like 280 pound like real defensive end um not just like a blown up like a jj watt in an odd front he's a legit defensive end at that size what what has he grown into now
1: man he's a beast man i'm gonna tell you he is a monster he's really good at stopping the run i think he's made some strides in his uh And getting after the passer a little bit more than he did a year ago Uh, but he's such a good run stopper and just plays it so well plays assignment football so well already I think ahead of Cleveland Farrell at his age when Cleveland was there and um, last week he hit that Connecticut quarterback and uh, the guy next to me in the press box says I think I just saw the soul of that quarterback leave his body Um, (laughs) that's how hard it was Um, he's 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 really a special player and He's going to be key in this game this weekend against Wake Forest, him and Xavier Thomas.
5: Trent Simpson, another just elite recruit um, and a sophomore as well. And uh, what, what has, how has his game developed over the past uh, almost two years now on campus?
1: Yeah, it's really developed, you want to be honest, in the last six weeks. I think he's kind of taken a step up where he's uh, making plays in the backfield now. He can, he's gotten way better this year from last year to this year in, in coverage skills. Which was the key for him and taking that next step. Um, he's not Isaiah Simmons yet, but he's kind of getting there. And you know, um, being that he's a true sophomore and Isaiah Simmons was a true freshman at this point, he's a, he's a, and was redshirted, excuse me, at this point was a redshirt freshman. Isaiah had to get redshirted in kind of Simmons is kind of he's kind of um, Trent Simpson, excuse me, has kind of come in and has started as a freshman or played a lot as a freshman. Now he's kind of taken over the role. I'm not saying he can be an Isaiah Simmons because Isaiah Simmons was such a freak athlete, but he can do a lot of things Isaiah Simmons could do. And and he's uh, he's making plays now consistently. and Brent Venables is now able to use him more in the scheme similar to the way he did Isaiah Simmons, and that's what makes him a special player. And so we'll see if they continue to do that, especially this week against Lake Forest. But, yeah, he's really taking some good steps this year. And especially in the last six weeks where he's really become a playmaker on that defensive side of the ball.
5: All right. Uh, we got to go to offense. We have no choice. Um, is the rushing <laughs> <have> attack, <laughs> is this a Maffa wrencher thing? Is it will Shipley this week? Uh, what, what do you think the two or three deep actually looks like?
1: Uh, it will be Kobe pace and will Shipley this week. Uh, okay. They held them out intentionally. They yeah. held them out intentionally last week. Um, uh Pace was in concussion protocol. Um I think with a uh, with with Shipley could have played, but he was more like let's just hold him. We don't mm-hmm. need to play him this week. Let's let him get more a little get a little bit more healthier and, so they can have him because I think they want they're going to lean on those two guys big time in this game because they feel like they can run the ball on Wake Forest. I know Wake Forest did a good job against NC State last week. Um but Clemson has said they, you know, they've kind of dedicated that they're a running team now and that's what they're going to do. And I think you're going to see them lean on those two freshmen in that offensive line, which has gotten better the last month. A lot of people, that's the quiet thing nobody's talking about. I mean, Clemson's averaging over five yards per carry uh, with their running backs. And, And that offensive line's getting a good push up front in most cases. So done a pretty good job. They feel like they can run on Wake Forest because they like the size advantage they have. Uh, so we'll see if that's the case. I think that's going to be their game plan this week. Yeah,
5: and I mean, even the you know, Pace and Shipley, and you're talking offensive line, Tate and all. I mean, there's still so many freshmen. Everywhere you look, freshman, sophomore, freshman, sophomore, it's not what I expected. I, you know, at least it makes you think 2022 may be something a little better. Hey, man, I really appreciate it, Will. Thanks so much, brother. All right, Chuck. Thanks so much for having me, buddy. We'll talk to you next time. All right, Will Vandervoort, the Clemson Insider. And we didn't really talk wide receivers, um, and it's the Collins brothers, and they're not Collins. Uh, excuse me, they're not brothers. Uh, Bo Collins and um, Dakari Collins. They are both freshmen, though, and they're both those same physical freaks. Um, Bo Collins is 6'3", 205. Dakari Collins 6'4", by 220. And it's like Ladson and Engada uh, or it's like it would be if they were out there playing and running one and two. It's like if Justin Ross, uh, who's now out for the season, Um, he's going to have surgery. And he may return – or no, he may be healthy enough to play in the bowl game, but Dabo said he may just wind up training for the NFL draft. So, if it were E.J. Williams and Justin Ross out there, it it looks like them. Except it's two freshmen who are talented, and they showed out in the spring, and they got mentions in August and all of that. They're not supposed to be starting – for clemson in november as they're trying to win over an undefeated at least in the conference an undefeated opponent in november to stay in the uh, conference race so uh big challenge for clemson this weekend no doubt about that at all
0: another great weekend ahead in pro and college football let's get you a look at the lines brought to you by bet us hi i'm dan matthews and let's get you ready to win some money Let's start with Ohio State being a huge favorite over Michigan State at home. Buckeyes are giving at 19. They are minus 1,200 on the money line. Spartans are plus 750 over under 68 and a half. Clemson hosting Wake Forest and giving four and a hook. Tigers are minus 190 money line. Demon Deacons plus 165 over under is 56 and a half. Arkansas is at Alabama. Crimson Tide favored by 20 and a half. They are minus 1,600 money line. Razorbacks are plus 900. Over under is 58. Auburn, a seven and a half point road favorite against South Carolina. Tigers are minus 300 on the money line. Gamecocks are plus 250. Over under is 45. Oregon, three and a half point dog on the road against Utah. The Utes are minus 160 on the money line. Ducks are plus 140. Over under is 59. A couple on the pros. How about the Bengals at the Raiders? Cincinnati favored by just a point. The over under is 50 and a hook. Cowboys are at the Chiefs, Kansas City, a home two and a half point favorite. They are minus 140 money line plus 120 for Dallas. Over under is 56 and a half. Let's give you a chance to earn some extra money when you sign up with BetUS. How about the promo code SST125? With this promo code, BetUS giving you a 125% sign-up bonus. For example, that first deposit, $100, you're getting $125 extra. you using cryptocurrency. It's pretty popular nowadays. How about enter the promo code SST200? When you do this, you get a 200% sign up bonus on crypto deposits. So if that first deposit is $100, you're getting $200 extra. Let's look at some of the odds brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book, for over 25 years.
3: the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show
5: so when play helton and usc lost to stanford and helton got himself fired two days later the southern Cal perspective southern Cal 2022 recruiting class dude that became the bellagio buffet which is tremendous it's like 50 dollars for dinner but it's unbelievable um, and that was kind of the recruiting class and kirby smart showed up is like oh look at that five-star defensive lineman i'll take him And there's been a five-star corner who has decommitted since then. There's been a uh, five-star Williams who has decommitted. Uh, There has been a running back who's decommitted. There's been a linebacker who's decommitted since the firing. And they had some pretty good recruits. And then they had some elite recruits that were committed. And other coaches have decided that that is a place to go shop. And want to welcome on right now director of football recruiting for SI. No better in the business than Sports Illustrated when it comes to that. John Garcia, Jr. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well. Good to be back on with you. It must mean signing day is getting a little bit closer.
5: Yeah, it really is. And so it's time to dive a little bit deeper. Um, Clay Helton gets canned. Kids, they don't commit to the school most often unless they're a legacy or something. Uh, And so teams decided to go shopping with their uh, recruiting class. Uh, Mikel Williams, five-star defensive lineman. That's after a quarterback, John, that's what I want more than anything. Five-star defensive lineman specifically. Yep. Um, have you eyeballed this kid? And what do you think that Kirby may get if he signs in a month?
2: Yeah, I was down in Columbus uh, about a month ago to see Michael on a senior night, and uh, he looks the part. I mean, this is a 6'4, 6'5, 250 pounds, just an athlete, first of all, before you get into any of the pass rush technique and the bend and all that fun stuff. He is an athlete, he's a football player. He played tight end, and he was pancaking dudes uh, at the second level as, as a tight end. So just a supreme athlete and a competitor. He got to work against Elijah Pritchett, who's, if, if, if Michael's on the best kid in Columbus, it's Elijah, so they got to go head-to-head for four quarters as well, so you got to see the competitiveness of a Michael Williams, and he is absolutely the class headliner uh, for Georgia, in my mind, and and when you think of the Bulldogs, that's what you think of right now, right? You think of this crazy defense, and and who in the future could be the next wave, and Michael is is going to be a part of of that group, so an unbelievable get, And, and even before the Clay Helton move, you could see the smoke coming with georgia with alabama uh, trying to keep that kid in sec country and obviously that was the case
5: yeah christian miller is another elite recruit he's a blue chip he's a four star uh, by most services christian miller from ellenwood georgia and that looks like it's i mean i think it's listed as a georgia usc thing right now but um it does not take much to unmuddy those waters in my opinion
2: yeah, this look, this close for Georgia is going to be crazy, right? I mean, I think everybody can see it right now. Uh, and really, the SEC at the top, right? It's, it's Bama, Georgia, A&M. Those three are going to go crazy, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of what you've come to expect from them. Uh, and there's just a lot of top targets still out there. So yeah, I, I think for for Miller, if he ends up anywhere other than Georgia, it would be a slight surprise at this point.
5: All right, I said that after quarterbacks, uh, five-star defensive linemen, particularly interior, uh, they just aren't, and nobody ever has enough. And I'll be dang if Jimbo doesn't have two probably in the fold. Uh, Shamar Stewart, kid out of Florida, five-star tackle Walter Nolan uh, out of Tennessee. Uh, Just talk about those two kids because they're both going to be A&M kids if they follow through.
2: Yeah, well, Nolan committed uh, a couple Saturdays ago, right before uh, right before the game there on the 50 yard line. Yep. So kind of a unique verbal commitment. That was a big deal. You know, he lives in Powell, Tennessee, which is right outside of Knoxville. So that was was unexpected uh, until the day of, really. Even though it had kind of shaped up to be an A and M Tennessee battle. Now he did go back to Tennessee last weekend, and he lives right there. So you just. You never know until signing day, but uh, he's verbally committed, and he's been recruiting for Texas A&M. So uh, as far as signing on December 15th, uh, right now I I would peg uh, A&M for Walter Nolan. And then with Shamar Stewart, a ton of traction, as you mentioned, for the South Floridian. He's more of a Michael Williams type, right, a pure – Pass rusher, an edge guy. His frame could maybe support more weight, and and maybe down the line he moves inside and and plays more of a, a Jalen Carter kind of role, where he has so, so much athleticism, but now also bulk on top of it. Uh, but but this is a supreme player that A and M is, is feeling really good about. Georgia actually starting to get back in the game with Stewart. You know, it was it was always viewed as kind of a Miami LSU thing, and then uh, everything happened with those two programs and A and M. Stepped in to, to kind of fill that void but now we're hearing a lot more Georgia conversation going down so I think he takes it all all the way so if he can get back up to Georgia for another visit I think they could be a, a sneaky late player in the race
5: is texas resonating with high school prospects even just in their home state um i mean vince young may as well have a walker compared to the attention spans of most 16 and 17 year olds right now Is is texas anything other than just another program to these kids
2: I wouldn't say it's just another program. You know, that state is is its own lifeblood in terms of what football means. And that is still the flagship. Uh, but, look, A&M's got all the momentum really in state right now. But Texas, I think, is still doing a, a pretty good job. You know, they've got a top ten class for us at SI. They need to hold on to some of these guys. Uh, but what, what makes you – Curious as to how elite they are going to finish is the guys that are still on the board. There's a lot of kids from the state of Texas still to make decisions, and right now most of them are not leaning towards Texas uh, for, for obvious reasons. So I think Sark and company did a good job early, certainly in the off season where, where it's a little bit easier uh, to win in the recruiting game. But right now it's about holding on to the guys you got and maybe splashing. Up front on the offensive line, which is really the biggest need uh, for that, that class going forward, uh, in my opinion. Wrapping up with John
5: Garcia Jr. on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. What you and I, folks, what we do like in December for a couple of weeks and leading up to February, John does 13 months a year, all right? Um, last <laughs> thing I want to ask you is I, inside the state of Louisiana, that must be a powerful brand because they ain't even got a coach. And all of these elite recruits, not yet nobody's signed yet. You can't do that. Um, but LSU is doing a really good job of at least hanging on to um, most of the in-state elite guys that they're after. Texas A&M's always going to be there. Alabama as well. But uh, credit whoever's working behind the scenes at LSU.
2: Yeah, and I think you said it at the top of, of, of this segment. You know, you usually follow the coach unless there's some kind of loyalty or, or lineage to, to a school, and obviously in that state it, it is LSU. They've only lost one recruit from this this class after the Orgeron news went down. That's Aaron Anderson who's now committed uh, to Alabama, of course, as, as those folks would say. Uh, but, but yeah, they're hanging on. Uh, the, the prize of the class is quarterback Walker Howard, who's an in-state kid, been committed over a year year and he's kind of said it he's like look I want to go to LSU I just got to take a couple visits to make sure because who knows who the new coach is going to be and and all of that so Notre Dame's trying to flip them Ole Miss is trying to flip them so you you never know at the end of the day but but for right now just one public defection and all the other kids are kind of saying look I want to play at LSU now in terms of the kids that are uncommitted in Louisiana, that's going to be where the bigger battle lies uh, for the Tigers. So I think there's a lot to be said in that state going forward. But with the commitments, I think they're in pretty good shape to hold on to most of them.
5: Folks, you just got John for about 10 minutes here. You can get every single day at Sports Illustrated Online. I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
2: Always a pleasure. Take care.
5: All right, John Garcia, Jr. from SI, uh, talking Cruton. And it's just – we ain't got a coach. What kind of defense are you going to run? I don't know. you going to have a bunch of official visits this weekend? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, we do have good food, and we've got that figured out. We can put out a spread for you. We hope you enjoy the crowd. Um, I'm a slot receiver. Do you plan on featuring them much next year? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not certain what I'll do at
0: Minnesota. The weirdest thing I think I've ever seen, to your point, is your point, you were painting the picture earlier about if LSU could be in a bowl game is being at a college team's practice for a bowl when you have coaches, graduate assistants, ones who know they're not going to be there leading these guys through drills, and the coaches who will be there standing off to the side watching. It's the weirdest thing in the world.
5: Yeah, and you've got a guy who is going to be wide receivers coach at South Carolina, and he is coaching the Georgia Bulldogs against Penn State. He's looking around going, now wait a minute, what if... (laughs) Is there any way I can get the job? Maybe. Uh, What's going? Oh no, you've already given it to someone. Um, It is strange. I know I'm not going to be here, and so I'm supposed to follow through on these duties. But I've got to try to get hired. Strange situation, man. So I appreciate John coming on. We are going to take a break. Come back. Wrap up next.
3: Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports
2: Today. Yeah, we put him on their best guy, and, and you know, they got some plays on him, but he uh, he competes. You know, he had the pick, and he gave up a couple plays. But when you go over there and play man-to-man all game, you know, you got to be able to recover from it, and I thought he did that well. Kirby Smart on WCNN.
5: 680, the fan in Atlanta, talking about the play of Darian Kendrick. And I believe Darian Kendrick is the embodiment of Kirby. He's he's just making business decisions at this point. Uh, Darian Kendrick was an angry-ish, disruptive-ish, nothing, nothing huge, young man that Clemson and Dabo just finally had enough of. And if I remember in the timeline, it was after he was dismissed from Clemson. That's when the weed and the gun thing happened. He's also a first-round corner, potentially. And so that's just making a business decision. I never knew, Dan, am I remembering correctly, it was uh, Bobby Bowden talking about Sebastian Janikowski and the suspension after the he had the, the G.H.B., that he was caught with, that he had like had administered to himself somehow. And Bobby Bowden, I think the quote was, I got a national championship to win. Um, that's not what this is. But, again, if I'm keeping the timeline correct, he had already been dismissed from Clemson and then weed and gun. And Kirby's like, yeah, first-round corner. I got an outcome I'm after.
0: I don't even think that's the one that everybody thinks about with Bowden is I think that they think of Peter Warwick in the close and Peter Warwick gets to stay and Lavernius Coles is basically told, Yeah, you're the bad one. You're out of here. Um That just
5: always it always makes me you know when when you decide who you're gonna blame the really great players bad behavior on. I don't mean to bring it local, but I can't tell I'll say it now. Uh Michael Vick. When he played for the Falcons, um, there was normally another player on the team that was assigned to just keep an eye on Michael. And I, I know of at least one guy that got cut because Michael got in some trouble. I think he'd been. It was a he was listed on the injury report, some with his ankle and you know twisted against whoever the Eagles or whoever the, that wasn't what happened. Not a car wreck. Almost got in a throwdown in a place called Gainesville, Georgia, as well. I don't know, like a scene from a movie, went to the wrong place. Um, And there was the personal protector, as I was told firsthand by an employee. Wasn't me. I didn't see it. But, oh, yeah, they they cut him because he wasn't doing a good job keeping an eye on Mike. So, you don't want it to be a starter. They're like an NHL team. This is true, isn't it? If you like, if you have, if the best player on your NHL team is like a B or maybe a B plus, ah, come what may. If you've got Sidney Crosby, don't you also have a guy on the roster who his only job is to protect Sidney Crosby? Like that's a thing in the NHL, isn't it? Like if you have an elite David, if you have an elite Uber score. There's a goon on that who's like his bodyguard, right? Yeah, essentially there's always, there's,
0: they're telling they're called enforcers okay. is, about, is the proper term we Not use a nowadays.
5: Yeah, okay, enforcer. He may as well have that little ear thing going in and like speaking into his cuff because he's there to protect Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin or Wayne Gretzky. So, so anyway, Kirby made a business decision. He's like, I got I got a national championship to win. And I can't remember, again, the Bobby Bowden quote. I can't remember, and I don't mean to besmirch the man. I'm a huge fan of Bobby Bowden. But uh, as I recall, Sebastian Janikowski gave himself the date rape drug. Dan, before we get off the air today, would you quickly try to confirm that? What should I say? Allegedly? Yeah, sure. Let's Let's cover ourselves. I recall that allegedly... Janikowski had like somehow administered GHB to himself is what I recall. But it's been 20 years, so I could be mistaken. Um, And Darian Kendrick, again, it was just kind of knucklehead sort of stuff at Clemson. It wasn't the kind of thing where he winds up with ink on his fingers or like he's got a jersey with a lot more numbers than two. Um, It wasn't anything like that. It was after he left, and I don't know if he felt the stress or he thought, I'm my whole career, or maybe he just finally got – maybe he always rode around with weed and gun. But here's what I know about Darian Kendrick. And I was told this before the opener – and I think I, I did. In fact, I mentioned it the day before. We were broadcasting from that Hooters in Charlotte, and I was like, folks, I they've already – inside the program, they already know Darian Kendrick. This is his one-on-one. This is his chance to shine, and that night against Justin Ross, returning from injury, uh, advantage Darian Kendrick when he was on him, and throughout this season, this has been the 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 draft tour for Darian Kendrick, and he's played pretty well. Everybody on that defense has. So, again, I don't I don't criticize Kirby at all for saying, well, he's going to play somewhere. That means he can play here. Does that hold in every case? No, because there are cases where, no, he's not going to play anywhere. So, again, really good player. Apparently he's kept his nose clean, has whatever class load you have to have. Uh, to stay eligible and he has a few more games left for Georgia and he's going to vault into the NFL draft and with his skills and, and and if he shows well in workouts and whatever else maybe he still is a first round draft pick I don't know Dan what's up
0: well if I have the quote correct this is an old 2000 January article from Chris Dufresne of the Los Angeles time quote Bowden on Monday said unless he has a heart attack or unless I have one Janikowski will kick the ball yeah. So there you go. That's, w- was that correct about the transgression? Yeah, it was. Uh, the other story that I had found was that he was caught. And then I guess like in an effort to get rid of it, he had poured it on the floorboards of the cop oh. car oh. once he was put in, which it's like, how can he necessarily do that? Because in brief experience of ever being detained, usually you are detained physically. Were you cuffed which, and stuffed? I was cuffed and stuffed. Yes, I was. But then worked it out. It was all good. Huge misunderstanding. All good. Not on the record, so I can talk about it freely. It's okay. all fine. I'm not, getting, I, I'm not outing myself to the employers. I got when, the cuffs, but I was.
5: they let me see in front because I was I, – I've I told the story. It right. came up recently. I was 22 and had not been drinking, and mm-hmm. I got arrested for underage drinking. They're like, yeah, we know this is not re- – we'll cuff you in front. I was yeah.
0: like, oh, that's very kind. Yeah, mine was underage, and then I got to do the whole expungement thing. So all worked out. So good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it usually you don't have the ability. So along with being able to kick a football, I guess the guy all jokes aside yeah. – Okay. <laughs> Is, is pretty flexible.
5: And, and as I said, I did not want to besmirch anyone's name. I was trying to recall from about 20 years ago. It turns out I was pretty dang close. Uh, well, all I
0: right. want to I, I want to give you uh, really quickly, uh, you were talking about uh, some of the uh, gambling uh, in, in, in the way that yep. you uh, went recently at Harris Cherokee uh, with the uh, show yesterday. I always tell people all the time, Vegas is very, very, very rarely wrong. And in this case right here, Vegas is pretty much telling you on Saturday not to bet the Ohio State in Michigan game I want to go ahead and give you some numbers our friends over at betus.com Michigan State on the road is giving 19 or excuse me Ohio State is giving 19 to Michigan State
5: at home I saw that huge number and I was like you got to be what a huge I was like wait a minute if it was 14 what would I do Mm -hmm. I would be all over the Buckeyes at 14 well but, but you know, 19, I'm looking at it going, do I want those points? I may not be enough. I mean, I, it was enough of a number. It shocked me at first, and then I backed off, and I haven't decided what I think about that yet.
0: But then if it's the same one at the board of the sports book that you're going to, and you say, uh, yeah, give me Buckeye's money line, the person taking your money, I think, is going to – where some blackjack dealers, if you ever go to Vegas, they will be nice. If they see that you're a little bit of a novice, they'll be like, not sure that I'd hit on that. I think that the book tells you to do this. But in this case right here, I think somebody at the at the window would say, "Dude, it's -1200 money line. Are you sure you want to do that because you're basically giving us money even if you win in this case." So again, there's a reason why those buildings out in Vegas are so huge and that is a reason why is because people look at that and say, "Ha." No way. There's no way I can lose this thing. Oh, yes, there is. Um, Real quick here before we get out of here, as the coaching carousel continues to turn, Chuck, I talked about earlier and joked about how one of Nick Saban's coaches, probably from that encounter with Sam Pittman, said, oh, yeah, hey, that offensive line coach, he's been there a few years. I think he's willing to leave. It all comes full circle. Do we remember the story of Tom Herman when he had just gotten hired on at University of Houston? Almost the detour that he made on his way from AT&T Stadium after the game was Nick Saban dispatching him to Tuscaloosa and Uh saying, Hey, can you put some of those plays up on the video screen here in the coach's Uh office? And can you tell us how you beat us? I really, truly believe that that Bill O'Brien is going to get another shot, especially with some openings up in the Northeast, an area that he's very comfortable with. And I think that it could be a one-and-done Tuscaloosa. It is a hand-in-glove fit with Bryce Young and Tom Herman right here. Where Tom Herman can be the newest one that goes to Tuscaloosa, bides his time, does his job, calls some amazing offenses. And hey, all of a sudden, his home state of California, somebody calls UCLA, somebody like that calls and says, "Hey Tom, why don't you come lead a Power 5 program as a head coach? Leave the mistakes that you had as a head coach in the past at Texas. We've seen you win at this level before. We believe that you can do it here." And you've been touched by Saban now? Again, and in glove used to be that a competitor which coaches are a competitor
5: it was just enough that that there's a job offered. by golly i gotta compete that's not what it is anymore because the offset language i mean the guy that i love gene Chiswick, he had offset language and so he was looking for a new job he had to he was required to by the turn he was looking for a new job on golf courses all throughout the southeast and really the planet um the offset language has changed there are guys who are like tom herman maybe he's happy sitting out right now wraps it up on thursday